Blog Talk Radio. This episode is sponsored by the new book, Dads of Disability. 41 essays by dads, moms, and kids about the practical and emotional lives of fathers of children with disabilities. You haven't seen a volume like this one. Samples and a special offer at www.dadsofdisability.com slash coffee. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to the Coffee Clash. The Coffee Clash and Special Needs Talk Radio Network feature outstanding programming for the special needs community. Our team of hosts provide educational interviews. Our shows are not designed to provide listeners with specific or personal medical, legal, or professional service or advice. Parents of children with health issues should always consult their health care provider for medical advice, medications, or treatment. Any show discussing rights and law for special needs children and special education are presented as general information and not legal advice. Special Needs Coffee Clash Limited does not promote any hosts or guests' individual practice, programs, treatments, or products. We thank you for joining us and are proud to provide excellence in broadcasting for the special needs community. And now, on to the interview. You're listening to the Respecting Autism Radio Show with your host, Dr. Gil Tippy. that I've said it before, and I know I've told you all about that, but I love that little intro music. That's one of the students from the Rebecca School improvising with an improvisational music therapist, and uh, so I just love to be able to play that for you guys. So welcome. Welcome. It's a beautiful day here in the Northeast. Finally, this long, horrible winter seems to have gone away, and I hope it's the same in Spokane, because in that neighborhood is where my two guests are this evening, uh, afternoon for them. We're, we're talking about the Autistic Network of Unique Eccentrics. And I'm so excited to have Aaron Zerba and Kathleen Weir were, sorry Kathleen, that was a slip, Kathleen were uh, here tonight to talk about this really cool thing going on in Spokane. I uh, went to a conference last year in Salt Lake City, the United States Asperger's and Autism Association Conference, and uh, Kathleen came up and approached me and said, Gil, I want to talk to you about something, and I didn't know anything about it, but Kathleen is very charismatic and pretty charming, so we sat down and we talked, and she laid out this really amazing idea that she had for the autistic network of unique eccentrics. I know that she will disclaim actually having had this as her idea only, 
that uh, this is an idea that came from a group of folks out there in uh, Spokane who she really was just trying to be the facilitator for. Um, so I would tell you more about Kathleen, but uh, her history is long and varied. Suffice it to say she's an activist and, uh, and a mom and uh, very cool and charismatic, and you'll get to talk to her in a second. Uh, tonight also, Erin Zerba is with us, and she's uh, one of the founding members of the Autistic Network of Unique Eccentrics, and she's a teacher, um, especially in science education for a lot of different grades, and also works in different aspects of the arts with uh, kindergartners through 12th graders. She's been a college teacher. She's done all kinds of things in different schools. She's got a bachelor's degree in her science education, and she's got her teaching certificate. And um, she also has the diagnosis of Asperger's, which she got at the age of 36. And uh, that was after both of her kids were diagnosed on the autism spectrum. And she'll talk a little bit about that, I'm sure. And she's been really active as an advocate and uh, has been speaking and uh, also has a very cool blog that I've been checking out um, called uh, the Geeky Science Mom Blog. Very cool blog. It's on Tumblr and you can, you can find it at uh, geekysciencemom.tumblr.com. So um, with those very brief introductions, I want to um, welcome two very cool people to the Respecting Autism radio show. So welcome, Kathleen. Thank you, Gil. And Thanks for welcome, having us. Yeah. And welcome, Erin. Thank you. Uh, okay, so Kathleen, I, it, I guess it's up to you to get us rolling here. Could you tell us all about this great, cool thing that's happening out in Spokane? Well, the... Um the organization that we've been working for about almost the past year to get off the ground is, um, as you said, the Autistic Network of Unique Eccentrics. We also call it ANU, A-N-U-E for short, um, which is kind of a good feeling, ANU. And uh, <clears throat> it's, um, it's, as you said, I had, because my son was diagnosed, my son Jackson, who is now 35, he was diagnosed with um, what is known as PDD-NOS at age, about age 30. Um, he had had what we thought were learning disabilities or what they were called. He was born in 1978, so in those days autism wasn't mentioned. And he had a familiar cluster of um, situations, like he had hypotonia, he had speech delay, he had um, trouble reading and, uh, and with language. Uh, development in general, even after he learned to talk. So he went through remedial classes and that sort of thing, but nobody ever mentioned autism. And it wasn't until, and, and so he graduated from high school. He managed to graduate from high school and, um, and uh, tried to work at various jobs with not very much success. Eventually, when he was 24, I believe, um, he started going to community college and he was in college for six years. And when he graduated, he worked, did work-study programs, but when he graduated, um, he couldn't keep a job, and he couldn't seem to even get an interview. So um, my daughter was just having her first baby, and she ran into the latest research on autism, and she called me and said, Mom, I think you need to look at this stuff because this looks like Jackson to me. 
so we did look into it and uh, made that decision to seek an assessment and seek help from the Developmental Vocational Rehab um, Department of the State. And in that process, we did start some therapies with him. We focused mostly on his health. We didn't really look in the community for support at that point. But after a few years of having varying success still with the varying services that were available and it wasn't he wasn't really <clears throat> making progress we um about a year ago uh i decided i had a lot of since i had a lot of um background in nonprofit organizing and and uh initiatives i thought well maybe i could um help see if we could scare up some um support groups or support network or something because everything we looked at um on the web and talking to organizations hadn't really turned up any serious support for adults. There was lots of, not lots, but there was some services for, available for children, but there weren't really very anything we could find for adults except the occasional autism picnic or something like that. So um, I started seriously putting all my sort of activism skills to work, and Jackson and I made a pact that we were going to do this together, and he was going to be, we were going to do it as a team. So we started going around and meeting with, whoever we could find in the community, um, and on Northwest Autism Center referred us to this group of young adults who were just getting together, just started a support group, uh, a discussion group of young um, adults who were on the spectrum and um, prob excuse me, probably mostly diagnosed with Asperger's, but she didn't really know what was going on, so she just gave me the time and date they were meeting, and Jackson and I showed up. And that's where we met Aaron and a couple other people, um, Deanna Smith and Andy McNamee, who had started this group just a couple months before. And um, so I brought this uh, idea that Jackson and I had been working on developing for of a, a support system for adults that, include, that included a social network and social activities and fun things to do because it seemed to me that the stuff that we were running into for adults was just really was focused on jobs, but there wasn't anything fun about it. It was all a real grueling process, and there didn't seem to be um, any um, sort of encouraging uh, programs or anything for adults. So we wanted to create something that was kind of different that included also socializing, creative projects, uh, possible, possible um, outreach, but that wasn't a big focus in the beginning. And so when I met uh, Aaron and, and Deanna and, and Andy, we started talking about it. And I, uh, we, Jackson and I also went and talked to a number of uh, community partners like the Ark of uh, Washington, of Spokane, um, and a couple of other job developers, Freedom Consulting, um, as I said, the Northwest Autism Center. And we got a meeting together in June, and for the first time we had about 15 people um, I think there were seven people who were on the spectrum and seven or eight who were not, so that were providers in the community. And that's how, in that conversation that day, we decided, yes, we were going to start an organization separate from the social group that could develop something along these lines. And, um, you know, what we heard from the people that we were, everybody we talked to said, oh, yeah, there's a big need for that. There's nothing really going on. That's why... Aaron and Andy and, and Deanna started this group, and uh, they were hoping to um, get something going, too. And so it was kind of a synchronous meeting the day that Jackson and I showed up at the 
at the social group. That was also Aaron's first day, and they had only been getting together for a couple of months. And so they looked at us and said, that's what we're trying to do. So we started from there. So maybe Aaron would then, talk about talk about what brought her to that social group and why what she was looking for and why she thought Anu was is a good idea. Yeah, I, um, just let me interject for one, before you before you get going, Aaron. Let me just interject, and and then I somehow got invited out to Spokane to sit down with all you guys, and uh, I have to say now you're saying all these wonderful people's names. These are really people who. We're going to have to have on the Respecting Autism radio show eventually because this has turned into this tremendous group of advocacy and a really interesting and wonderful mix of people. And uh, I got to sit down with everybody on one lucky night, um, which is where I got to meet Aaron and uh, get to hear some phenomenal, um, amazing, talented people talking about how uh, this this uh, idea was going to percolate with them. So I didn't mean to cut you off, uh, Aaron, because I think this is your chance now to say, uh, why are you here and why did you get attracted to it in the first place and, and how did you get to then step up into the role you've been taking? Well, I had only lived here for about, it wasn't even a year yet, when I decided to, you know, I need to start finding other people that were kind of like me because I had, I had just gotten the diagnosis not that long before then. Um, I was living in a small community at the time, and the only reason I went and got the diagnosis is because I was having a lot of trouble at work, really overloaded, and my symptoms were... <laughs> I wasn't able to hide them anymore. And I had begun to suspect that I was on the autism spectrum as well after both my kids were diagnosed. My son was diagnosed at the age of seven, and he's 11 now. And my daughter wasn't diagnosed until she was 10, and she's 13 now because she had been evaluated twice as a toddler, but I didn't know at the time they were um, evaluating her based on the criteria used on boys. And at that time, there wasn't a lot that I know uh, in my research. There wasn't a lot known about girls on the spectrum and how they display it differently. So it took, she has some comorbid conditions, and it took a long time before we actually figured out that there was something, there were several things, several layers here we had to figure it out. And after my son was diagnosed and my daughter a year later, and then I started thinking, wait a minute, (laughs) I'm starting to fit into these these slots that they were. And um, I just finally said, I have to get a diagnosis because I was terrified I was going to lose my job because, again, my symptoms were getting so worse. And I didn't have the support where I was living because it was so small and isolated and rural and far away. And and we ended up moving to the, the Spokane area. And, again, I was just starting to come out about my diagnosis. I, you know, for so long I was feeling I was broken prior to my finding out that it was Asperger's, and it, it does take a while to, to start wanting to um, tell people, hey, this is why I am the way I am, and I'm not broken, but there is a lot of stigma around the diagnosis, so you're a little worried, especially when you're told, don't tell your employer. <laughs> that was what happened at first, <laughs> where I was working. Don't tell your employer, because it will be used against you, so I was really scared about coming out. But I started thinking, you know, I, can't, I, I need to be involved with some people. I can't just keep hiding. 
it, there's no reason. I want to be an example for my kids. I want them to feel that they can be free to be themselves, and it's okay, and they're not broken. It's, they're just wired differently. So I started looking, and I first came across the Arc of Spokane, which I became a parent advocate for. And then um, they had information regarding the social group. And so I, it took me a little bit because I was still nervous because I didn't know anybody. Um, but I showed up that day because I finally I had managed to get a babysitter. And uh, there was Kathleen and Jackson, too. And I found out, my gosh, they're all like me, and it's okay. And I was so comfortable there. It was amazing. <laughs> Um, but the reason I hooked on to a new was that very reason to have that, that central idea of a hub that would be this place you could go to feel like you belonged, and then there would be these arms out, you know, these different sections, like job help and help and stuff with medical and um, special things with your interests. And it was just like a light went off and like there was an aura I don't know how to explain it but it was like this is exactly what I I've been wanting and I didn't even know it um this it was amazing and I thought there was so much potential for something like that an organization cuz I know this is my experience but you know I've I've um talked to other autistic adults that were diagnosed as adults and they were given their diagnosis and then that's it what do you do with it there's nothing out there you know, and just to have a place to go once you get that diagnosis, or even if you suspect that you're on the spectrum, would just be so wonderful to to have, especially so when you're you, someone who, I'm sorry, <laughs> I just, especially no, for someone who's you, grown I mean, up. You guys are so wonderful. It, it's wonderful to hear you talk, and you, I, I feel like I'm going to get absorbed in this and just listen to you talk, and then we're going to come to the end of the radio show because you're just so impassioned and wonderful. I, I sort of had some questions about this, though. So it's a risk to step forward as an adult and say, hey, here I am. Uh, I'm an autistic adult. I'm an adult. Uh, I, I have Asperger's or I have autism or I am autistic or however you identify yourself. And there's the risk because I think there's still a stigma. As you said, you were living in a smaller area, a an area with you know not as urban. And sometimes I think people feel as if there it might be more risky to come out in a smaller community like that. But I also have to say, no, no, I'm not trying to slight you in any way. But Spokane's not the biggest city in the world either. No, it's um, not. <laughs> it's, <laughs> no, it's a big place, but it's no New York. And uh, so it seems to me there must be real strength in having the group of you all together uh, doing this as a group. Yes, there is a strength, and it's it's a sense of belonging um, after being feeling so like so isolated for so long. Um, and it is wonderful to have that. Yeah, I tell you, I really resonated with the part of you that said, look, I'm not broken. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, the other folks on the Coffee Clutch Radio Network who do a broadcast called Bright Not Broken, uh, just about this issue, that yeah. uh, differences in neuro neurodiversity have nothing to do with being bright. So uh, I, I think you ought to hook up with Diane and... Uh, Rebecca over there at Bright Not Broken because this is the issue they take on all the time. Hmm. So, uh, Kathleen, tell me a little bit about uh, 
about the process of wanting to be uh, a neurotypical person interacting and bringing this on without imposing all of your stuff all over it? <laughs> well, you know, fortunately, um, I hooked up with the concept of nothing about us without us pretty early on in my research here. And so I always knew that um, whatever my involvement was going to be was ha- had to be, uh, for instance, you know, as a team effort with my son, and then also once I hooked up with these other um, wonderful adults. I and a lot of them are um, a bit younger than me. I'm I'm older now, so I um, I was very inspired. I'm always inspired by young people, anyway, and I was just really grateful to be with them. And then. We had, I, I had the amazing experience of um, discovering how really uh, an extraordinary group of people I was with when we were invited by um, one of the job development groups to present uh, a, a, a workshop to um, the National Rehab Association local chapter here and uh, for continuing education credits uh, for just the experience of autism. He originally approached me to um, see if I wanted to share some of the information that I gleaned at the conference that you and I attended. And I just I said, well, that would be great, but what I'd really like to do is, is bring a panel of, of my group, you know, of our group, the, the, the other adults on the panel, and let them speak about their experience. And so they were quite open to that. And I will just have to say that um, Aaron was a major force in really getting us organized and on track with that and she put together a great PowerPoint presentation to kind of anchor the whole thing and then they all started talking and it was amazing. They Their experience was just their experience, their knowledge, all the research they had been doing for however long they've been working on figuring this out about themselves and it went off really well and that's when we discovered that um, everybody had a passion for wanted to get their voices out there and uh, help others in the community to um, uh, hear what it was really like to be an adult with autism. And they all had issues with uh, the focus uh, being only on children because even though that uh, we all agree that early intervention is critical and and, um, our kids really need as much support as possible, still... The adults were being left out of the picture, and they weren't getting the kind of support they need, or and a lot of people were misunderstanding what autism is about for an autistic adult. And so it turns out that um, now we have developed a workshop series to try to bring, uh, to try to bring um, awareness to um, businesses and, and uh, institutions, and even the providers like and the state or organizations that are trying to help. Uh, autistic adults, I don't think they, well, we have all agreed that they're missing the boat on a lot of this stuff with, um, and they don't really understand who they're dealing with. And so we're hoping, well, again, Aaron was a driving force in developing this workshop program that we just finished presenting uh, for the first time to a job development company who are very supportive of our efforts and gave us the opportunity to present this to them to sort of work out the bugs. And it was very well received. And so um, I'll let Aaron talk a little bit about that, too, if we have time. Yeah, I'm, uh, I, I want to – we should probably have uh, an entire other radio show just to talk about your workshop series. I just want to tell the listeners that um, 
I, I was lucky enough, Kathleen sent me some excerpts of, of that very first presentation, and to hear people standing up and advocating and, uh, you know, saying, I'm autistic, and this is, this is what my life is like, and this is what you need to know, and this is how uh, this world is impacting me, and what it means to me, um, when I first heard it, I said, that's it. This is exactly what we've been talking about. This is folks standing up telling people, no, this is how your business needs to interact with me. This is how uh, I have value and I'm going to bring it to you. Here are my needs and here's how I need to be considered. So it was powerful, I have to tell you, just an amazing thing. And, and Aaron, if you want to talk now about how that sort of has blossomed into this uh, this workshop series, I, I think that would be great. Yeah, um, that was the first time I had openly told to a room, I don't know how many people we had in that room, it was it was close to 50, I'm assuming, uh-huh. but it was, that was the first time I had opened up and expressed myself, because in the blog, I, I have a little, you know, um, <laughs> I'm hidden away, you know, I don't have the picture or name or anything, and it's, and I write that it's my voice and I want to help people and um, say, well, if I could just have one person understand that it's okay, you know, we understand how you are, I'm, there are other people like you and you're not alone. But this is the first time I'm out in person doing it. And it was really empowering. It was scary but empowering. And I wanted to do more. Um, it's been two years since my diagnosis, and it's been a very slow journey to be able to come to that point where I could openly say, hey, look, I'm autistic, and it's okay <laughs> to do this. And um, I want to keep doing this. The job program I'm really excited about because it is something I'm personally experiencing problems with employment, and I don't know what's going on because I've been in teaching since 1998, but that's another story. And I want employees to understand that autistic people have value. Yes, we might do things a little differently and act a little differently, but we're just part of the the neurodiversity world. We're just a part of it, another human trait, and we have a lot of strengths to offer if we're given a chance. But we have to be given that chance to show that we can do these things. So that's why I want to do this. And, <laughs> and I didn't know, and neglected I, to say that you, this workshop series was conceived as part of a larger idea that we have for an employment and social perceptions program. We wanted to create um, a, supportive, a supportive system that would um, go into the workplace and really give staff and, other, and managers more understanding and more information about diversity in general, but how to work with the autistic colleague or other dis- people with disabilities, how to view people and invite them to, con- to, to contribute instead of um, trying to look at what they appear to be able to do on the outside, ask them what they really feel they are capable of and try to draw that out. And so we're trying to develop a system that works with the employer and the things and also on the other side to support our members, which what, what, our, what ANU has actually evolved into is a membership organization and a self-advocacy organization. And the actual self-advocacy part has risen to the top. You know, my original thought about this was that everybody wanted to do some creative projects together. Well, the creativity is being channeled into this voice of the autistic adult in our community, and um, I couldn't be more thrilled 
but how this is turning out, and they're taking it and running with it, as you can tell. Erin has really, um, you know, I, I'm so inspired by her and so amazed, and I have to say she's one of the best working partners I've ever worked on a project with. She gets a lot of stuff done, and she's very reliable, and uh, she's passionate. And I can just sit back and let well, her do stuff, which is awesome. <laughs> well, you... Uh you may be inspired by Aaron, but I am deeply inspired by you both and and by all of the people that I met out there in Spokane and and your incredible, interesting diversity and your talents. It, uh, it, I have to tell you, I was blown away. And um, aside from never having been in Spokane and really enjoying it, I just was so pleased to meet you. Um, I'm going to ask you guys to come back at some later show to really maybe go into depth about some of this a little bit more, but we're coming to the end here. Uh, Aaron, if you want to uh, invite people to your blog, uh, now would be the time to do it. Oh, um, sure. Um, it's Geeky Science Mom's Tumblr. And again, it's geekysciencemom.tumblr.com. And I also have a, a public Facebook page called The Aspie Teacher. And if you have a Facebook account, feel free to check it out. And I'm always looking That's for feedback. Very cool. And I want to say Great. too, we and have Kathleen, we do have a website. Folks. We do have a website that is anewadults.org, a n u e a d u l t s dot org, and it has a lot of resources and um, a lot of information. It's just got it. We just got it off the ground, so it's not giant, but it has a lot of good stuff on it already. Well, thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate it, Kathleen, Aaron. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. All right, thank you for listening to the Respecting Autism radio show.